0: We are live for a new episode of the Electric Podcast. I am Fred Lambert, your host, and as usual, I'm joined by Seth Wintraub. How are you doing today, Seth? I'm good. All right, glad to hear that. I want to give a quick thank you to this uh, uh, today's episode sponsor upway a leading online e-bike provider carrying the broadest selection of brand new and certified pre-owned e-bikes models uh we're gonna have a little bit more to say about them later on the show so stay tuned for that Uh, but we're gonna jump in right into the news as we usually do and uh uh, maybe we what what do we have on the docket today uh yeah we're gonna start with a little update uh to if you weren't on the last special episode earlier this week of the Electric Podcast, a new bonus episode that we released on uh, Tuesday, I think it was. Did we post the audio now? Or can can people like go back and, and yeah, listen to the audio? It actually hit the stream, so. Okay, so yeah, we we uh, and people could see the video and all that, but we actually forgot to post the audio, so the audio is now available if one of you want to listen to that, uh, where we go into a lot more details. But uh, as we discussed on that episode, we're gonna say, all right, we gonna leave this for a few days and see if we can an update on the podcast on Friday, which is uh, now, depending on when you're listening to this. And basically, there's no not much of any updates like. <laughs> uh, Quick recap of the situation, Elon, people talking about um, Tesla, especially Tesla investors, Elon fans talking about a new compensation plans for um, the CEO compensation plan for Elon. Tesla fans pushing for it, which makes sense. It doesn't have a compensation plan right now. Apparently, the hold up is that uh, there's the case for the old competition plan that uh, was trialed last year or no, even the year before that yeah, in 2022. And the judge has yet to give it uh, our judgment. I think, yeah, I think it's a female judge our judgment on um the case of Tesla shareholders saying that the compensation plan was excessive. Uh, so he might have to give some money back, which happened on the board compensation plan uh last year, now in 2023. So there's a chance that the judge could rule the same way on, on that case. Uh, so the, the, board is waiting for that to give Elon a new compensation plan. Anyway, amid those talk of like these people like pushing hard for the richest men on earth to get even more money, they Elon commented out of the blue really <laughs> that uh, uh, he wants more control over Tesla. So he said that he wanted 25% voting control. Right now he has about 13%. He has about another uh, 7% that would come to unexercise stock option from the previous plan so he hasn't exercised all his options for the last plan the trenches that have come so you you could get around twenty percent right now if not nah, not even because because after after exercising those options he would have to sell some uh for for tax purposes unless he has other ways to pay that but I don't think he's flush on cash right now. <laughs> he doesn't nope. talk like someone who's flush on cash, at least. <laughs> no, pours a not lot talk. of it at Twitter. Anyway, uh, so he's asking for twenty-five percent voting shares, which would require the board to approve a new, very generous compensation plan. Uh, now Elon has like framed it that it's not about money. He said it's about the voting control. He even said that he would be open to. Um, the second class of shares that like give him like more voting rights and not actual value, um, which is a nice thought, but in practice, post IPO, that's basically impossible to do. So it's it's not there. It's it's more money. He's gonna get more money and more voting control. Where things get a little bit tricky because you're perfectly allowed to ask for more money as the CEO of a company. It's a negotiation and everything. You can decide on not yourself if it's excessive. But regardless, where things get creepy is that Elon said. That he feels uncomfortable building AI products at Tesla without having that voting control due to some kind of possible threat of a hostile takeover takeover uh, of the company that would give the control to an unnamed unmentioned entity uh the super powerful Tesla AI and then do do uh bad with it that's is is logic behind it uh then he had on top of that that uh he would prefer not to build ai product at tesla unless that happens so basically saying that he's going to build ai product at xai rather than than tesla so on the podcast last week we we we, were, we kept an open mind like I, I re-listened to some of parts of it and I'm, of course we're being called Elon elonators and Tesla haters and, and all that for it but for the most part, our point is that this sounds like a breach of his fiduciary duty because he's saying that unless you give me more money, I'm not going to build uh, products at Tesla. And I'm going to divert those products to another company that he owns uh, and he has more control over. And he's going to do that, um, again, unless he doesn't have a 25% voting shares. Um we asked on the podcast, is there a, a credible argument from, from the, the Elon fans, the Elon defenders against this being a breach of fiduciary duty, against this being a conflict of interest? And honestly, over the last three or four days since then, I have not seen that. I have not seen that at all. The only thing that I've seen that could make some sense but i didn't I didn't exactly get that from elon's comment is that some tesla some elon fans are claiming that it's not a conflict of interest not a breach of fiduciary duty because he didn't say that if he doesn't get the 25% he's he's not he's not going to do that at tesla he's saying that if he doesn't get the 25% he's going to quit as ceo of tesla and then that's going to be okay um I, uh, that's an extrapolation from what he's saying. And I, I don't think he said that he's going to quit being CEO at Tesla. Um, but yes, technically, uh, if he were to do that, then I guess that would be fine. It's just that uh, it's not what I, I got from his comment. Uh, do, do you see that possible based on his comment? Yeah. I mean, that,
1: that's technically true. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we probably should read the comment really closely, but, um, I don't think that's what he meant. Like it, it really doesn't sound like...
0: Really the, the bulk build- of it is I am uncomfortable growing Tesla to be a leader in AI and robotics without having 25% voting control. Whoop. Uh, I on it. Uh, enough to be influential, but not so much that I can be overturned. Unless that is the case, I would prefer to build products outside of Tesla. Okay. So yeah, saying I guess that, that is- you would prefer to build products outside of Tesla is not saying that you're going to quit. It's right. saying that around the AI... Um, on the AI product um, environment, which he says that Tesla is an AI and robotic company, by the way, he he's not going to participate in that as CEO of Tesla. So far, he didn't say like, unless that's the case, I would prefer to build other product at Tesla, and that's what I'm going to do, <laughs> uh, and going to quit Tesla. Like the, the quitting Tesla part is not clear from that comment.
1: Yeah, I mean that's interesting. So like. If that was the case, if that is the case, the board is basically has a, a ultimatum. Give him a lot of resources, like a lot, a lot. like I think I read somewhere i I may have uh, pasted it in Slack, but he made something like six times the next mm-hmm. two hundred uh, most well paid executives on earth.
0: Combined. in 2021 which was the year that he got the, the biggest right. chunk of his exercise shares from that original the, stock the, the top 200
1: plan. global combined, combined times yeah. 6 so 6 years worth of the top 200 he got in one year yeah it's 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 like a order of magnitude two order of magnitudes Bigger compensation package than anybody's
0: ever gotten ever anywhere. Yeah, which kind of makes sense why he wasted some on on Twitter after that. Like it's like so much money. He's like, all right, like I I can afford buying a social media platform. Like, well, let's do it. And then he screws up, and instead of like, oh, all right, let me regroup and everything, he's like, ah, give me more shares
1: again. Yeah, And, (laughs) and and you know, I was thinking about this. What if he got all the you know all the shares he's asking for? and then he just plowed more money into you know sold a bunch of them and then so- plowed more money into keeping twitter alive yeah that that would
0: be it's not impossible i mean you could you could make a new plan with with some kind of restriction in terms of share sales and, and all that but um, there has to be limits on those because he's going to have to pay taxes when when those shares exercise right um yeah. So speaking of those those uh, quotes that you, you you sent me on Slack, I mean it, it's interesting because I mean that that's just us. Like we, we on the last podcast we 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 thought it was important enough to do a special episode because we we felt strongly that he was in breach of fiduciary duties in or at the very least a clear conflict of interest. Uh, so we thought it was worth discussing. But we are just a, a bunch of bozos on, on the internet. We're not we're not law professors. So it's nice to see that. The law professor seems to agree with us. So, uh, Mr., uh, no, Mrs., uh, Ann Lipton, uh, professors at Tulane, Tulane Law School, uh, said that the problem in his tweet suggests that his capacity now as CEO and director is not only turning down profitable Tesla opportunities based on his personal preference, so that the personal preference part is like, it's, it's more in reference of what he says that the risk of AI He wants to be in control of that risk of AI here, Um, but also redirecting them, them being the profitable opportunities for Tesla to his private companies, XAI. That's a conflict of interest that suggests a violation of his fiduciary duties to Tesla. So uh, pretty, pretty strong, strong words here. Then we also have a research analyst at CFRA, Garrett Nelson, saying, Musk is attempting to reconvert control that has been lost from his stock sales to found Twitter. Uh, We view Musk's demand as posturing ahead of the Delaware court ruling regarding his prior compensation package. This is, I found an interesting point because, I've, I've noticed that from Elon over the years. He is extremely proactive when it comes to that stuff. When he sees something happening, he's very opportunistic. He's very like, all right, let's get ahead of this. He's very good at that. A good example is that stock sell from 2021. Uh, like he knew that was coming. He knew that he needed to sell a bunch of Tesla stocks and, uh, because he, he is, uh, there was a big trenches of his uh, option stock option that uh, had the exercise limit coming. And so he was not able to pay the taxes on those. So he was gonna have to sell part of those in order to uh, cover those what was going to be a biggest tax bill of all time, no matter what, because of uh, what, what you just mentioned, like it was, the, it was the biggest payday in history basically. By, and, by, um, a, by a huge margin. By a huge margin and instead of just saying straight like say it like that, which is problematic for a few reasons, like before that he had big stock option uh, happens, but he was actually borrowing money. From banks against his existing Tesla stock, his existing stake in Tesla and SpaceX too, uh, to pay for the taxes on those stock options. So you wouldn't have to sell any Tesla shares, which is, uh, good for Tesla shareholders, obviously. And just from a market perspective, but also on, um, just for, it's good look. When the CEO sells shares, it's not a good look for a company. So the fact that he was doing that now, he couldn't do that anymore. And if you remember that when I, I shut down that, uh tesla podcast that he went on because that the 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 twitter account run by omar at the time was like uh going crazy about me saying that he's gonna have to sell some shares that was all about that like the the tesla super fans like they didn't want that to happen badly so they were even lying about him needing to sell shares so Elon is smart what he does, he reframes the whole situation instead. He go uh, around that time, if you, if you don't remember in 2021, um, 2022, lots of talk, especially from the Democrats, from the left wings, uh, uh, political commentator, politicians. They were talking a lot about, uh, taxing unrealized gains, uh, which is pretty wild idea to be honest. But anyway. They were saying that you need to tax, tax the rich more. You need to tax, um uh, unrealized gains. And, uh, he, they were using Elon as an example and everything. You know, and Elon was talking about that. So at the time, what he said and said, all right, let's reframe this. I'm going to say that I'm going to sell 10% of my Tesla share. If a Twitter poll agrees with it, which obviously it did. And then he, he basically framed it. You say, okay, you want me to sell my share? It's on you. You guys want me to sell my share? And uh, I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna voluntarily pay the biggest tax bill of all time, um, which he was gonna have to do anyway, because again, the, those exercise option was coming. So he's very good at reframing the situation like that, uh, and it's probably what he's doing right now. So uh, I don't know if he's concerned about the result of that uh, court case, and he probably should be because uh, of uh, the board ended up having to settle and. Um, so I assume that the board was seeing the writing on the wall and that the, the judgment was coming against them. So maybe the same thing's going to happen there, which would require him to give back shares to Tesla, which would make him even further away from his goal. So right. uh, of owning 25% voting control. So maybe now he's trying to use this AI threat, this hypothetical threat, uh, as a, a a way to rally his fans behind him, getting uh, control back over the company. Which again, no one has more control over Tesla right now than Elon Musk. He's a CEO. Nobody has as server. much
1: control as Tesla has, or he has over Tesla. No, no CEO has as much control as he has.
0: Well, uh, to his point, and that's Elon says, Zuckerberg, even though it doesn't have that big voting shares, of a, right. Ownership of the company of uh, Meta, he does have voting shares, the Zoll class voting shares, which give him a lot of control. Uh, so there's there's that. Uh, Elon to his to to his credit was able to retain an excessive amount of of, of ownership over Tesla, uh, even as a massive company. Uh, which is extremely rare to do. Then he screwed it up through the, the Twitter acquisition. It's, it's as simple as that. Like he doesn't have any, anybody else to blame. Well, maybe, maybe you could make the argument that Twitter is to blame and Twitter was really lying about the bots and all that. And they, uh, he screwed him over, selling it forty four billion dollars. You can make that argument, but at the end of the day, it's Elon's fault for falling for it. Right. <laughs> like I, we, we, throughout the whole time, we were we were not we we're not expert, we we're not billionaire, we we're not like social market uh, uh, social media expert, financial expert, and we were all saying, "Is he crazy buying Twitter forty four billion dollars?" We were all so it, it's his fault for falling for it. So yeah, I like this uh, guy's argument, uh, Garrett Nelson, about. Uh, uh, Elon probably like posturing up, like setting the stage for what's going to happen after that, and, and the negotiation with the compensation plan.
1: I mean, it's going to be interesting with, to see. Even with uh, like he was he was going to be at like twenty three percent with all of his uh, options. Like he was pretty close to that twenty five percent, you know, already. Like when when he exercised those options, he would have to pay taxes on those, and the only way he can pay those taxes is probably selling shares of something. So uh, maybe he wasn't going to end up with twenty three percent, but he was going to be pretty close at twenty three percent to the twenty five percent threshold.
0: Mm-hmm. So I, he, I might be mistaken, must- but sorry, Seth, but I might be mistaken, but I think it would be over if no sell share for Twitter at all. I think it would be over twenty five percent with the current uh, no. Share I'm, exercise I'm saying he has,
1: he has some Tesla options that are coming due that yeah. will give him twenty three percent share of the company.
0: Yeah, I think it's about seven percent. Right now, uh-huh. that he would boost his stakes from thirteen to seven, and he had to show, to sell uh, five percentage point just for just for Twitter. So, like, he w- he would have been over twenty five, just over, I think. Right, he would
1: have been with with Twitter, but I'm saying like mm-hmm. he has options, and and his shares after the options, regardless of Twitter, was pretty close to twenty five percent. Yeah, Not so. But I think maybe he's saying this because he may be hearing some things from the Delaware Court, like "Hey, you got to give up five percent of your shares," or so, you know something, uh, where it would put him farther away from twenty five percent.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gary Black was um, a Tesla shareholder and like some, a bit of a. I don't know if you can say activist investor, uh, no, but like I don't think he he's kind of a stand investor stand investor but I mean he, he he's not all in on the Elon Ben Wagon like he, he does push back sometimes but yeah he's not he's not also the biggest credit but he did have an interesting like uh breakdown of a solution for it which probably is like the Best case scenario possible for, uh, for this, for, for Elon fan. If you're, if you can get over the fact that Elon threatened to, uh, to, to, to break his fiduciary duties, uh, to Tesla shareholders, like if you can get over that, he, um, this would be the solution if I can find it. Uh, yeah, so he said that uh, the board uh, could package together a path for Elon to get 25% warding control over a multi-year buyback plan. So he, he's been pushing for a buyback plan at Tesla and like kind of his opportunity to do it. Um, he says that uh, uh, so Elon has an existing 13.4% stake in Tesla. He says he can exercise his 8.6% option stakes. Pay, uh, pay the taxes, which will leave him uh, with uh, a 4.6% on top of it. So yes, it's 4.6% really that you can get on top. So uh, now you you end up at uh, 18%. Then you give him the new compensation CU compensation plan that would provide for another trench of option at 5% net of taxes. So it would still be a pretty. It would be at almost like 10%. Tesla, the, the 10% of Tesla's the whole company as a whole, which is like $60 billion competition plan you're talking about. So you, you're still talking about a pretty crazy competition plan, though a little bit less crazy than the last one. So I'll give that to Gary. Um, and then to complete the last few percentage points, at three percentage points, Tesla can buy back 8% of its share over five years at an $80 billion cost. Uh, which would be uh, 13.4% plus 4.6 plus 5 divided by 92%, which equals to 25% of the shares of the company. So the logic holds up, but it's, it's pretty wild. So last time, the last podcast, if you missed it, I said that this might be the, the the thing that I'm like, all right, I'm not on board anymore with Elon being CEO of Tesla. I don't think – I think he's a net negative for the company over over a positive. If you do that plan instead, the only thing where I could get on board is if the board like finds their pants, like they, they, they put their pants on and their big buck pants and they're like, all right, Elon – if we give you a six, roughly $60 billion competition plan on top of this, uh, you have to sign this contract, this CEO contract that includes you not work, not doing anything at XAI that has anything to do with Tesla. Stop recruiting Tesla engineers for your other ventures at XAI, uh, Twitter, and all that. And spend a dedicated amount of time at Tesla because there's rumors right now that he's, he's time spent. Like I mean... Let's be honest, you can be the Elon's biggest fan, and you can be a Tesla fan, and you can still admit that he has for he's probably spending less time as than any other major automaker CEO at Tesla. Even if he's doing 80 hours a week total, the guy is CEO of Tesla, sort of CEO of Twitter. Let's admit it. Like, come on, like let's not be idiots. CEO of SpaceX. Um he is. He does work for the boring company. He is behind Neuralink. Um, he is behind. Uh, he's, I don't know if he's CEO of XAI, but he's definitely like working at uh, XAI. Uh, I'm. I'm forgetting probably one or two. I,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, boring company and the Neuralink
0: and. You know, boring company, Neuralink, XAI, X, SpaceX. That's that's five other companies. Five right. other companies and yeah, on top kind of, of Tesla. Joke. It's kind of a joke. You cannot tell me that he's oh he's doing 120 hours a week, so he's doing 40 hours a week at Tesla. I, I cannot believe that. I think Tesla deserves deserves a full time full time CEO dedicated to the company that is not blackmailing the company for more control, you know, and all that. and, and more money. Yep,
1: yeah, I agree. All
0: right, I think what, Elon Musk should get all the credit in the world for advancing Tesla to where it is now, and I would be perfectly Okay, eating my words, if you were to agree to a contract, like I just said, I just don't see him agree to, or to anything like that. He's king of the world right now. Right. All right, we should move on, though. Yeah, yeah, let's move on. Uh, Cybertruck, we got two interesting range tests, range towing tests for the Cybertruck this week. Uh, we got this one here uh, in some conditions. 6,000-pound tow uh of bubble why interestingly so uh, uh, this one i had to do some work on it because the 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 person doing the uh the test here i can uh, i'm gonna credit him for if you want to go see the full video of it uh it's um it's called voyage atx um he's a new cybertruck owner in austin and he posted what it looks like, a a UL car carrier that is, I check on u website, it's about 2,200 pounds. And then you have a Molo Y, which is about 4,000 pounds. So just over 6,000 pound tow with a fairly aerodynamic tow because you have a, a Molo Y on it, which is a very aerodynamic car. And, um, the, they, they did a full, a full, uh, test on the highway. So it's mostly a highway driving and uh they managed to drive 110 miles and they went both ways so against the wind and and, and with the wind just to to be sure uh 110 miles consume 83 kilowatt hours for an average of 749 watt hour per mile. So if you do the math based on that with 123 kilowatt hour battery pack, you end up with about 160 miles of range towing about 6,000 pounds in like very normal condition because this is Texas in the winter. So it's not like super harsh climate or anything like that. To be honest, it, it's it's probably about what I would expect Around those conditions. Uh, to be fair, uh, the tunnel cover was open. He wanted to keep it open because he had like new tags in the in the back window, so you couldn't see the new tags. you didn't want to be stopped by the by the police, so it makes sense. I don't know how much that would help while you're towing. I obviously Tessa talked about like a ten percent increase in range uh, in towing. If you ten um, percent uh, increase in range without towing, if you have the tunnel cover down, without with towing, I'm not so sure. Uh, could be also some improvement with the 19-inch wheels. Tesla is now only delivering, as far as I know, only delivering a Cybertruck with uh, 20-inch wheels. So the 19-inch wheels would be uh, a little helpful. Well, yeah, that's um, that's it for that. Now, we got another range test um, that is showing basically the performance in the worst conditions possible. A little bit of an asterisk Maybe. That's coming from Zach from Jerry Rig Everything. That's a great YouTube channel. Should look it up. He borrowed someone's Cybertruck and did a range test where he's towing, again, with like a car uh, trailer, a Hummer. And combined, he says it's about 11,000 pounds, which ends up being the towing limit of the Cybertruck. So you have like the, in terms of weight, at least, in terms of aerodynamic performance. Oh, well, obviously the armor is a lot less aerodynamic than the model Y, but it's still just, it still has to be a lot more aerodynamic than a box trailer, right? Set like if you have like I a would big imagine. Box. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's so that it's maybe not now. the worst, worst condition, but it's freezing condition. So it's, it's cold. I think he's in Utah, if I remember correctly, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and the max towing capacity. So what did perform, what performance did he get with that? He got 90 miles of range going from a hundred percent to two percent. Uh, using 108 kilowatt hour for an average of 1,193 watt hour per mile. I mean, I don't know about you, said but I've been driving EVs for a long time and I always like to look like, at the most efficient EVs possible. I like to drive them the most efficiently possible. And I've never seen four digits for, <laughs> for an efficiency. Yeah, speed. I mean, that's like uh, Tesla Semi type of kilowatts yeah. per mile. I think you can get the Tesla Semi under four digits too. I think you can get it for like 900 or something like that. Yeah. So this is pretty, pretty crazy. Um, so if you extrapolate that, like we did for the other, you end up about 103 miles of range if you go for the full 123 kilowatt hour. Now, a few good points, and uh, thanks to a commentator for, for uh, putting that out. Uh, Zach said that he garaged the vehicle before doing the um, the test. So the, the vehicle was in the warm in the garage just before he hooked it up and then went with a Cyber Truck, So that probably mitigated a lot of the uh, range difference. So if you, for example, if you start out at 100% from a supercharger outside and then you leave right away, uh, it's gonna be probably a little bit harder. Or if your car is just parked outside and you start, it's gonna be a little bit harder. Also, I, I think it's fair to like point out some kind of like more practical use case like, if you, if you're trying to do a long distance with a towing capacity at the worst case scenario, I, li- I like this idea of worst case scenario because you it only gets better from there, really. Uh, it would make more sense that you start at about like 90% state of charge and then you want to arrive, like, let's say you're trying to do a long distance, so you arrive at a supercharger, you want to arrive normally at 10% or, you know, over like around, around the 10% mark. So if you do that, um, Garage or no garage, you're probably going to end up with 70, 80 miles of range. So at the best case scenario, like, best case scenario, I mean, I mean, for these conditions, like full max capacity to wing in the cold, you can expect about that uh, before you need to stop, do another charge and keep going. So it's not ideal to say the least. Like, it's not, it's, it, it, there is a use case for it. Like, so it, it could work. But right now, I think it's 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 not ideal, especially for um, colder climates. Know what do you think, Seth?
1: Yeah, I mean, as long as you need to go far, like uh, if you're only towing uh, a boat to the to the water and it's you know 50 miles away, it's not a big deal. Um, so, you know, if you're doing long distance cross country towing, you know that's that's not great. Um, also, it should be noted that the uh, Rivian r1t did a little bit better than that i can't i can't remember exactly what that was but
0: he said he did uh, the same
1: thing he did about 100 miles with the same test oh i thought he said it, the rivian did better maybe it was marginally better uh, I well that, i mean
0: I, I, yeah it it did better uh because so it has I a bigger he, battery oh uh, yeah if he got i think he got to 100 miles but he got it to like two percent also yeah so yeah i guess it did like 10 miles better yeah because yeah, he, did, he did not, do, he did not do the extrapolation that I did to get like the full battery, like if right. you uh, empty the full battery pack, which the you Rivian shouldn't do. And- by the way, you shouldn't empty the full battery pack in those tests. I'm not encouraging testers to empty the battery pack to zero. Yeah, but the Rivian has a bigger battery
1: and it's a little bit more aerodynamic, so it makes sense. Yeah.
0: What's the battery size on the Rivian, the big one? One one forty, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, there's the hope with the range extender battery pack. You could boost that quite a bit, like maybe get that closer to 140, 150 in those conditions again, which is a lot more useful. And then if you have better conditions, so not freezing temperature, and maybe you don't go 11,000 pounds, you go 8,000 pounds or something, which you just plenty of use cases for that, uh, you, you end up with probably... Closer to 200 miles of range with the extended battery pack and uh, closer to 150, 160 without it, 150 maybe. Uh, So it's starting to be a lot more useful. Again, I like to focus on like the worst case condition because then like it removes your range anxiety. So I'm not going to do worse than that.
1: All right. Today's episode is sponsored by Upway, a leading online e-bike provider carrying the broadest selection of brand new and certified pre-owned models. The team at Upway has compiled a growing selection of top brands like Specialized, Trek, Aventon, and Gazelle, each priced up to 60% off retail to make electric mobility affordable to everyone. Want to sell or trade your current e-bike? Upway manages that as well. Each pre-owned e-bike goes through a rigorous inspection, tune-up, and certification by Upway's team of master mechanics and comes with a one-year warranty. Following your purchase, Upway will get your bike... E-bike delivered to you 99% assembled within one week and accepts returns within 14 days in case the bike isn't the right fit for you. The process is easy. Now through January 31st, save up to $1,000 off a wide selection of e-bikes during Upway's winter sales event. Be sure to use promo code ELECTREC for an additional $100 off. Learn more at Upway.co. Huge thanks to Upway for sponsoring.
0: Yes, thank you, Upway. All right, uh moving on for the cyber truck. Interesting situation. In your uh, uh hometown set of New York, uh there's uh there's a very difficult situation right now with the superchargers around the city. Uh and it's apparently due to Uber and Lyft drivers. So the city uh last year announced like a big new um initiative to convert the ride sharing fleet in the city to electric vehicles. And um they uh they made well, they, they said that they made 2,000 new EV license available, but apparently the program like had to pause before they did the, the entirety. So from what I heard from two different sources, it's not clear, but it's about five or 6,000 of them have been issued. And apparently most of them are Tesla vehicles, uh, uh, new, new Uber and Lyft using Tesla vehicles.
1: Yeah, and actually um, also because it's New York City, not many
0: people have chargers at home. They use the supercharger network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they rely on the supercharger network, and also important to note this in the in on Manhattan and also part of Brooklyn and, and other uh, boroughs. A lot of the superchargers are behind a big paywall of uh, like a valet parking. So it's like 30 to 50. Sometimes I think 60 bucks just to get your car to the supercharger. After that, you need to pay for the supercharging. So a lot of these superchargers are just not being used by Uber drivers for that reason because they just cut into their profits and uh, not used by a lot of other people. So they just don't want to pay that. So it's more used by like very rich New Yorkers that own Tesla vehicles.
1: And also on top of that, a lot of those urban
0: chargers are only at like 75 kilowatts. Yeah, actually all of them. I think those that are behind Valley and those big garages, I think they're all capped to 72. Uh, there are others in Brooklyn specifically. And in New Jersey, and I think the biggest problem right now is GFK because GFK makes sense. A lot of Uber drivers, they pick up people in uh, Manhattan, other boroughs, bring them to GFK, and then they use that time to charge. Uh, You're seeing some massive wait times like uh, we we saw on on X people posting pictures of like 15, 20 cars uh, waiting to charge, not getting to the chargers, just waiting to get to the chargers. Um, a, a lot of those are, you can see them everywhere. We have a uh, Revel uh, who operates its own Tesla fleet for ride sharing in um, in New York. They, we reported before they build their own super hubs of charging station. They told Electric that they saw a 4X increase in the public use because they use them themselves, but also it's open to the public. A 4X increase in public use over the last two months, so basically since this new initiative um because of those wait times now at Tesla Superchargers. So earlier this week, on, on Wednesday, Tesla implemented its congestion fee, which we discussed uh, a few months ago when it was first on unveiled. It's uh, basically a $1 per minute fee if the Supercharger station is full, if you charge over 90%. So basically, Tesla is encouraging shorter charging session because the last 10% takes a lot more time than the... Uh, well, first, like first, you can probably get the first 40% faster than you get the last 10. Uh, just general rule of thumb. So Tesla implemented that, and it looks a little bit better. Yesterday, it looked a little bit better. Today is also okay, but I still see uh, some wait time, especially at those two main ones in Brooklyn and in um, at JFK. Also, some other one, like in New Jersey, there's also a bunch of wait time. It, it, basically, every station around New York that doesn't have a uh, valley parking or big like parking fees uh are, are seeing some wait time so you see when you when you see this little uh clock here that means uh that means there's wait time when there's a number that means the number of stations that are uh, available so you see four and four in, in on the upper w- west side here in the uh in midtown it's uh those there's only four stalls there there's no one there basically because they charge so much to just to get to the station so we'll see uh how uh how the, um, uh the, the the story evolves if the Tesla is planning two new stations in New York. Uh it's not clear if it's gonna be another like valley station or it's gonna be like a bigger I think I think they need to do what Revell is doing basically. They need to do like super hubs and have like big station that people use because otherwise it's gonna be a problem that's gonna keep growing, especially if they on pause that green initiative for ride sharing and you have more vehicles coming into the fleet. And on top of that, Tesla is opening the supercharging network to other vehicles. It can get pretty nasty, pretty quick. So we, it's something that we, we we had a concern for a while and we need to see Tesla just keep up with, uh, with the demand yeah, and there.
1: They, and they've done that in other cities, like in Los Angeles, they've, they've built some big hubs, um, and they're, they're doing that drive-in movie theater thing. Yeah. Um, but Los Angeles is
0: so much more car friendly than, uh, than New York <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I have to
1: say, like, you really don't need a car in New York. In fact, yeah. you probably shouldn't have a car in New York. But that's just my my point.
0: Of view. But like, the the ride sharing is not owning the car, so they are the the ones that own the car, and the, the right. that's that's part of it. It's people that don't own cars. <laughs> Because yeah, probably everyone that did own a car in New York and had a good situation for it, like like a parking garage like they can if they can get charging there like they're fine uh so a lot of, uh, i would, some Uber driver also reached out to me and they say like the they drove electric before this initiative and he, he said that all the ev drivers that do ride sharing before that were people that had situation where they could charge overnight at their home uh, while a lot of the other people are like especially a lot of immigrants that that, that take these uh, uber driving jobs and they arrive here and they normally don't have a living situation that they can afford them uh, charging at home uh, so they they take those opportunity that uber is give them to like if you have good credits like you you can get probably pretty easy into uh uh An electric uber but then the charging situation happens and that's what we're seeing right now oh dgm says he's keep losing the connection probably on my side yeah i think we've been good on our side unless maybe you're on x maybe it's x the problem Ah, it's not a slide at elon right now i'm just saying like the the video feature is not the the best usually we'll get a lot of messages if there's a problem yeah All right. This was an uh, Tesla uh, electric exclusive this week. We got some updates on the pay situation at Tesla. So it's pretty ironic with Elon starting his own weird negotiation about his compensation. But there's also a lot of uh, negotiation going on at Tesla about pay. We reported more uh, over the last few months regarding uh, the factory workers due to the the um, situation with the UAW, the United Auto Workers, that got the big wins, against the, three, uh, three, um, the big three automakers in Detroit, uh, got a 25% pay increase. That doesn't affect Tesla directly because they, uh, they are not unionized in the US. But indirectly, it does affect them because if, if wages across the industry are going up, uh, normally that increased wages at non-union places too. And uh, this announced pay bombs for the factory workers. They announced some pay bombs too for non-factory workers, both hourly and sal- salaried employees. For the salaried employees, for the, the stock options, the employees that got stock options, we reported last month that Tesla stopped giving the normal stock compensation plan after the annual reviews last year. So that pissed off a lot of people. We got, we got some people that were really not happy about, about that. Uh, we had the Tesla engineers telling us that, uh, that had a severe impact on moral uh, at the company, and that a lot of people are discussing at the bar uh, that the compensation they've seen in the past is not—they um, you, you don't see that happening again at Tesla. Obviously, that's part of like the, the stock performance to a Tesla because the stock options are linked to the stock performance, and it has not been great. So, in uh, on January first, uh, last month, again last month, they were told they were given their performance review. And, uh, they were given their pay bombs for, for the year, but a lot of employees were not happy with their pay bombs. Even those that were giving, were given good annual reviews, they said that it didn't match with the inflation that you see. Obviously, we're very strong inflation environment right now. Uh, so they were not happy about it. Uh, so on January uh, 1st, Tesla, we obtained an email that Tesla sent to employee in, wh- in which they thanked, they thanked the employee for the feedback on the pay adjustment. And they said that they valued the feedback and they're going to do another review. Uh, and they promised that by January 15, they were going to uh, give them an update on a new pay adjustment um, because people apparently were not happy with the first one. However, on uh, January 15th, uh, Tesla sent an email that didn't include the pay adjustment. They said that they needed another two weeks to do a market review before they do another pay adjustment. So by the end of the month, Tesla workers should uh, get another pay adjustment. It's uh, it's a bit worrying for me because uh, I think I think the, one of the big reasons that Tesla has been so, so successful is its capacity to attract talent, which has always been very good, and its capacity to retain talent. And if that is eroding right now, there's a problem because if you look at all the factors that contributed to this attraction of talent and this ret- retention of talent, uh, Elon has been a big part of that very inspiring leader for the most part for decades, uh, that got a lot of people hooked on Tesla and obviously his reputation now, regardless on where you stand on that, you, you, you can admit that overall his reputation has, has been eroded. Um, then there's also the mission. Tesla's a big mission-driven company. But if the CEO is like doing five other things, and then also the mission was the EV revolution, and the mission was sort of achieved to a degree. Like we know that now it's happening, and it's, so it maybe a little bit less excited to go into that. And then you have the money, obviously. It's a big factor, whether you like it or not. It can be all mission-driven. And like if you don't put bread on the table, what are you going to do? And the stock performance made a lot of people very rich a lot of employees very rich at tesla and maybe the new generation of tesla employees they don't see that happening due to the stock performance and they don't see necessarily another 10x in stock performance that would uh make their stock option very valuable if they get any stock option as we as we saw last month so yeah i i i think it's a potentially worrying situation what do you think Seth? Yeah, absolutely.
1: And, you know, there's a lot of things coming up. Like it sounds like the, the, uh, United auto workers is going to target Tesla. Um, you know, obviously Elon's gotten a little bit, uh, more polarizing, a lot more polarizing. So the, you know, maybe the liberal, uh, people in the, you know, Bay area may not be as excited about working for, uh, a, a right wing, uh, person so there's a you know just a lot of like uh interesting headwinds like and, and it's all like it seems kind of like uh doesn't need to exist it just yeah because tesla is so successful right now and their product is so you know the with the supercharging network and the you know being able to build evs for such a low cost and being able to build them in the u.s you know versus like the the chinese ones that you know are going to take huge um uh taxes uh, i just think that you know, tesla is almost like eating itself rather than getting beat by its competitors
0: yeah i i can i can agree with that all right we have a few more news items that we're going to discuss then we're going to jump into you guys as comments so if you have any question for us about any topic that we discussed today or any other subject in the ev space you can uh, jump into the comment section right now When i want to get to them in a few minutes. Um Jeep and Dodge unveiled their new EV platform from Stellantis and uh not nothing too crazy obviously like it's just like it's the usual like skateboard platform and all that like there's not nothing to to go crazy about but it does give us some details about the coming long awaited EVs from Stellantis and specifically from these brands uh of of Dodge and Jeep and uh so what do they say about the STLA large platform it will serve between 85 and 118 kilowatt hour battery packs so interesting because i think the Dodge so the Dodge Ram is not included in that uh i would i would I mean the, the Ram going to gonna be 200 something right yeah, so it's not so it's the large platform, but there's a larger one apparently. <laughs> uh, with a target to up to 500 miles, 800 kilometers for large sedans. Okay, so yeah, they, they warn that the SUVs are probably not going to get that much. I guess by that.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, Stellantis is is late in the U.S. to the EV space, but like in Europe, yeah. they're one of the bigger EV brands. Are they? I thought. I mean, isn't they have a bunch of sub brands underneath them, and I believe those guys are big EVs or maybe I'm
0: thinking of something else. Cause it was like PSA merged with. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. You have the, uh, so the, yeah, the Peugeot is in there. The Peugeot is in there.
1: Yeah. Cause the Peugeot, know. yeah
0: they, they have a decent number of cars, but uh, I'm not, I'm not too familiar with the European market. Um, they say that the platform supports supports 400 volts and 800 volt system. Um, uh, you can swallow, you, you can go into the the article to get exactly what what kind of range of uh, dimension they can support with the platform but uh, that's pretty much it for what they what they release in terms of uh, uh battery capacity performance for 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 those vehicles we got this quick sneak peek at the electric dodge charger that's supposed to come uh, this week there was a few images that were officially leaked by the company uh i'm down for it and it looks pretty good
1: yeah, I mean they've they've shown uh, like uh, non working models at the uh, CES show and stuff. It's it's pretty mm-hmm. cool because it it looks like it has a front end that's like uh, you know like the charger, but it's actually just like a front arrow wing, and it's it's quite aerodynamic.
0: It's yeah, like, so there's no cool, there's no like uh, stealth uh, camouflage on this. It's like,
1: yeah, and I, I believe I know some of them are from Dodge, but I think. There's actually one running around that's actually being driven.
0: Yeah, I think I think that's the one that's being driven, but I, I don't know if it's like I think the hood is a bit weird and the fender here, like, is might be some like stealth camouflage on it. I'm not so sure. All right, we got some news from a Ford and the 1415 Lightning, which they announced that they are going to lower the production again of the Ford 150 Lightning due to lower demand. So they said that uh, around 1,400 employees at the rue GV plant will be impacted as Ford transitioned to one shift instead of two and it's transitioning around 700 of its uh, Michigan employee assembly plant uh, while there would be repositioned outside of South, Southeast Michigan. Uh, so it, apparently just a few dozen employees will be like impacted because they're being moved around. So I guess impacted, there's more than a few dozen, but I, I guess... Uh, a few dozen will be terminated. Is that what you are saying?
1: I guess, or maybe a few dozen yeah. man hours, or, or whatever man
0: yeah. weeks.
1: Because be uh,
0: cutting one shift is like is a big deal. Like it's it's a lot of people normally. But...
1: Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how much of this is due to you know Tesla's Cybertruck and and uh, obviously Ruby and R one T and Dodge coming up and the you know Chevy. The Ford F one fifty was the only game in town for a little while, but you know Ford hasn't really uh you know we'll talk about the uh the raptor thing uh yeah coming, but like they haven't really done much besides like double the price of the uh
0: f but the the flash had. I thought like I thought uh, when I heard this news, I thought it was like a bit premature because the flash just came out like did they right. are not seeing any o- enough orders for the flash. Like that, you know, that, I, that's guess, what's I guess I guess not. It me. just
1: doesn't seem like they're doing a really good job of selling these things. I mean, yeah. most of the people who have them, like if you go to the F one hundred and fifty Lightning groups, they all love them. So I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know why that these aren't doing as well as they should be.
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they see the order books, they see it coming. So I, I guess. I guess we have to trust them like people the flash was not as popular as we thought it was going to be because okay. we we thought it was going to be a great solution. And then on the iron end of the market um Seth just hinted at it but what we thought for a second might be the Ford F150 Lightning Raptor it's not it's called a switch gear the F150 oh sorry sorry the f-150 switch gear and it's a performance version it's from for performance of the f-150 lightning and you have uh, the the only announced a few of the uh upgrades so you, you get a better uh, suspension so very much like the raptor so specifically this so you see 37 inch tires uh th- a new Fox 3-inch diameter internal bypass shock absorber. So that's the the suspension upgrade. A uh, new front and rear bumper. So the body has been uh, changed with different angles for off-roading. I don't know if those seats are going to be in production because this is... This was, like, on Ville announced, but there's no, like, uh, actual, like, detail on pricing, availability, and all that. We might get that at the end of the month because they're going to bring the car at the uh, King of Amherst off-road uh, racing event. So, we might see. Uh, we get we may get more detail. Uh, but in the meantime, we got just those few details and those pictures that are available on uh, Electric's website right now.
1: I mean, it looks pretty, pretty nice. Like, it looks like a really fun vehicle. And it yeah. looks like it will probably be a six-figure, at least,
0: price tag. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's not what's going to solve the volume problem for for the F-150 Lightning. That's for sure. All right.
1: Let's jump into you guys' comments. All right, guys. If you have any comments, uh, please leave them now. We'll start at the top. Uh, (laughs) Glad to be here. And so Matt Fisher says that Elon's uh, first salvo is just the beginning of the negotiations. um, And he's... A you know, weird, weird start... beginning. <laughs> starting, starting very starting high.
0: Strong. I'm worth a hundred billion dollars. <laughs>
1: yes, uh, Doctor Evil style. Um, like stated with plausible admirability. Legally, it will be a challenge to stop a work stream and move it over to another company. I mean, legally,
0: it's... yeah. But it's, that's not even the issue. I think the issue is more like as soon as he says it, it's like, all right, we gotta assume that if Elon has a great AI idea instead of bringing it to Tesla, he's gonna bring it to XAI. And if Tesla is an AI and robotic company, that's a breach of fiduciary duty. Simple yeah, as that's yeah. And I what... mean,
1: we we discussed this on the on the dedicated yeah. podcast to this, but like the fact that he even owns an AI company outside of Tesla is like that's yeah. a big problem because if somebody at Tesla comes up with a really cool idea. He'd just be like, oh, I like that idea. Or, you know, like, oh, you figured out uh, AGI. Yeah, I'm just going to take this laptop with me and uh,
0: (laughs) see you guys later. And how many people Tesla sued for exactly that? (laughs) Right, exactly. Are they going to sue Elon now? Right.
1: Uh, EB1888 sounds like an Elon fan. He's going to get compensation. How much did he get? One dollar? I pay him because he's worth it. He can do what he wants with his earnings. Okay.
0: Well, that's true. He can do what he wants with his earnings, but nobody's. Yeah, nobody's. We can with we that. can laugh at what he does with his earnings, like buying Twitter for forty four billion dollars.
1: Yeah, and he can also ask for crazy amounts of money. That's not a problem. But the problem is saying, you know, threatening to do other things that are, you know,
0: yeah. Not you good know what I yet. thought was funny? Like behavior. I got super over the last week. Obviously, I I poked the, the – elon fans with, with with my reporting on that but i got so much hate for saying that he wasted billions on buying twitter and he bought twitter was overpriced when he bought it when he himself willingly admits that that he he paid too much for twitter and he it should have been a half that or something like that and, yeah, now and he twitter- tried
1: he tried as hard as he could to get out of it
0: yeah, he tried. He, he did. He, he tried to get until the court. It was obvious that the court was going to force him to do it. He was trying to back out. So I didn't invent that. Like he agrees to that. The investor that he brought on board, like Fidelity, also agreed with that. They they reviewed the valuation at twelve billion dollars, I think now. So like uh, like a fourth of what he paid for it. So don't don't get mad at me for that. It's Elon's yeah, saying it too.
1: Maybe Elon can use that as a big tax. Right off, right off yeah for his other uh his big for Tesla his next win- uh, their size of stock option at Tesla right all right uh maybe he is purposely suppressing Tesla's share price to make it cheaper to get him to 25% <laughs> well that okay. would be a
0: breach of his fiduciary duty so
1: yeah they were talking about uh stock buybacks as well uh, as
0: as a means to get to that weird Yeah, well, that's what Gary is pushing for. Well, I mean, Elon himself also talked about a $5 billion uh, buyback plan at at one point, but never happened. Tesla is sitting on like what, like close to $30 billion right now? Yeah. It's a lot of money.
1: All
0: right. Thinking about
1: it, 25% with him and his brother and friends would put him over 50% voting shares. I don't know if that's true. I totally believe he's blackmailing the board. It's now clear conflict of interest between Tesla and XAI. Yeah. Uh quit ragging on Elon. He's our raison de uh, easy. That's sad, dude. Yeah,
0: that's a bit sad. I was gonna say that.
1: All right. Uh Bela says we were all talking about quality issues on Cybertruck, but now we are talking about Elon's 25% demand. It's a master stroke of genius. He he turned oh, the conversation from Cybertruck problems. Maybe that's his intention, so he can buy some time to fix the quality issues with Cybertruck. Sometimes we get distracted, but the intention could be something else.
0: I don't know. I think I think the it's more about setting the stage for the the court ruling and all that.
1: All right, Joe, our colleague is in and he says if you assume he's spending twenty hours a week at Tesla, which he'd argue seems high. I would agree. What what would his proposed comp plan work out to hourly? It would be in the millions and billions. <laughs> in billions yeah. Probably billions hourly which you yeah know, seems reasonable all right we got some math guy 13 percent 720 then minus four i don't know if that works exactly elon did not see the cyber truck prototype until after it was finished is that true i don't think so yeah i, mean, I, get...
0: I don't know what it, it might be referring to something from the book but uh i don't know if that's entirely true
1: all right, Jerry did a 0 to 60 launch uphill on a ramp. That sucks at a lot of range.
0: That's Yeah, true, but like but what? That's <laughs> just once. And yeah, in but the grand half things. half a kilowatt hour at, at worst, right. like it's it's still just like less than a quarter mile or something. I uh, just
1: watched the video, very good with the crazy result. Uh yeah, he did. Ravine was second and Ford was first in his test in Yeah, range. So, it was it was all close. pretty close to be yeah. to
0: be fair enough. Yeah.
1: All right, uh, we got the FYI, no Tesla safety report for any of the 2023 still, despite Tesla tweeting on 1211 referencing it, saying more detailed information will be publicly available in the near future.
0: Yeah, we discussed that a lot. And we think that Tesla is being uh, extremely weird about uh, releasing full self driving autopilot data, data, including that safety report that they stopped publishing. They're just. Not a good look, not a good look when you want to hide that.
1: Yeah, uh, not renew Elon comp plan, this time scaling
0: market cap to four trillion. Yeah, you know I why. mean, it's not, the idea is not crazy. It's just personally as a Tesla shareholders, it feels weird for me like to agree to that, the way that Elon asked for it. Like basically he told us it's written shareholders I'm gonna breach my fiduciary duty as CEO if you don't give me that crazy competition plan. It's it's a weird way to ask, and it's it put it put us in a situation where we're like yeah, maybe you're not the best person to be CEO. Then yeah,
1: I mean look at Tim Cook. He got Apple from under a trillion to you know three trillion dollars. He he got a ton of money. You know in the yeah. tens, tw- maybe even hundreds of millions of dollars. But that's a, a very small percentage of what Elon got in yeah. the billions.
0: And also it's a good example of like, maybe we need a, a team cook now. Like maybe like Steve Jobs has yeah. done his work at Tesla and now you need a team cook. I had I had a, uh, one, one of the craziest like Tesla supporters on, on Twitter, on X, whatever, uh, reach out to me and she was like, oh, he was like, oh, I'm not sure. Uh, oh, no, Tommy. Uh, Tommy was his name. So he was like... Uh, it's going to be like when, when, uh, if the, if Elon Musk now leaves, Tesla is dead and it's going to be, uh, what happened with like with Apple when Steve job left. So first of all, I was like, um, that makes no sense. Like Tesla now at a $600 billion company, very profitable it is not Apple in 1985 when Steve job left. And then he came back. He's like, no, I'm not saying in 1985. I'm saying when he went bankrupt in 90, in 97, uh, but like that's that's two completely different like situation, and it makes more sense. Like that's after like ten years that he was not there, um, and then he, he came back and it was very successful. Maybe maybe we we get that. Maybe we get Elon leaves for a while, gets his mind straight, and then come back. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I I think if they put somebody in who actually knows Tesla pretty well, JB Straubel. Uh, JB Straubel, true. Yeah, I mean, come on, guys, it's not that hard. All right, uh, let's move on. Uh, the geniuses behind Tesla are the original founders. Okay. Martin Eberhard and Mark Tarpening, they did come up with the master plan. So I guess that's
0: part of it. Well, not the master plan. The master plan came later in 2006 with Elon. He's the one who wrote that, that master plan.
1: Oh, really? I thought – well, I I think the Genesis, I think that was their original plan was to build the expensive <laughs> one and then –
0: Yeah, Yeah, there there was – you can still find the original Tesla business plan out there from like 2004 when they first – like the first pitch deck to to VCs and it was not as fleshed out as um, Elon's master plan blog in 2006. Now, I – a lot of people, like there's two camps on that. You have, you have the camp that was like, Elon did everything, screwed Tarpening and Eberhard. And you have the plan of like, Elon just stole Tesla from Eberhard and tarpening I'm like, I'm more in the middle. I mean, I, I like Eberhard and Tarpenning a lot. I follow them since early on and I always thought that they were like some of the greatest communicators for how electric vehicles can revolutionize the, the, the transport industry like if you look at a lot of the early talks it's it's very good like they especially for that time like it holds up to this day and uh and also I would give them especially I would give them credit for being the first to the, or being the biggest advocate for bringing lithium ion battery cells into electric vehicles, which are, which was a game changer, obviously. So they were pushing hard for that. Elon got the idea from them and JB Straubold, which was one of the first employees at Tesla, and then supported that. So great for Elon. And then Elon put a ton of money in Tesla early on. And when Eberhard proved not to be able to, to lead the company as CEO, he took over, and Elon obviously did awesome by taking over, and I think he, he deserves being a, credited as a founder of the company, because I don't think the company would be anywhere uh, like it is today without him, but that doesn't completely discredit Eberhard and Tarpany too. They did an amazing job also. Why, why, why we cannot just like be happy with like what everyone does? Why we ask to be like Elon did everything or like Elon stole everything? Like, it can be like a nice little middle ground in between.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't have Tesla without the, you know, Tarpening and Eberhard. Like, it wouldn't no. exist. And then you wouldn't also have Tesla without Elon. So, yeah, they're all important. All right. Uh, any word on version 12 FSD? Oh, we haven't talked about FSD much recently. Improvements no, are basically cause, non-existent. because V12 is super delayed. <laughs> right. And basically non-existent from compared to uh, pace of change last year. and vision only features still not at parity i wish they would focus on level three not level five uh yeah i i thought i saw something mentioned about version 12 in that
0: um the app update yeah. or something yeah that was it's just a new version of visual 12 going to tesla employees so not and no uh not much updated uh release notes on that so it Looks like it's still stuck with uh, the at the level of testing of internal testing with Tesla employees. No, no, not just with engineering uh testing, but overall like Tesla has a big fleet of like fifteen thousand or so employees that test a feature for them before it goes to the beta fleet. Um, which V twelve is not supposed to. I think I think Elon shot himself in the foot with that like saying that V12 was like come out and not be better. And now it's like, Oh shit. Like it's (laughs) yeah. I mean, the only way it would would be better. (laughs) They, I
1: mean, it's a totally new, like, it's like a new company, uh, of, you know, like a new product because it, they got rid of what? 300,000 lines of, you know, C code that was, and now it's all. So it's like, like they just started over, which is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, and also, uh, like, kind of scary because, like, you know, it seems like something went wrong. Sorry. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's move on. Uh, why not renew previous comp plan and scale market cap cult to $4 trillion? Elon said he can eclipse Apple and Saudi Aram code. We basically, res- that's the same question as earlier. Really, yeah. yeah
0: basically.
1: It's Martin Heberhard and Mark Carpenter who came up with Tesla's master plan. Uh, I think part also of it the same because- question. Yeah, I know uh, you guys won't talk, don't want to talk much about it until it breaks ground, but what do you think about the Oklahoma lithium refinery news in Muskogee, Oklahoma?
0: Yeah, we we did an article on this. It's uh, it's good news for Oklahoma. Oklahoma's been begging for EV investment for a while, and I haven't been too lucky with it, with, with Tesla and then with Panasonic, uh, both like considering it and then then changing their minds. So, uh, good for them to get in a, a nice uh, money printing machine, uh, as Elon would say, a lithium refinery.
1: All right. Regarding the laptop comment, maybe Elon should be forced to sign a non compete agreement, just like all other employees.
0: Yeah, that's what I've been saying, basically. Yeah.
1: Elon hasn't had a good idea since he decided to invest in Martin and Mark's firms. He,
0: that's, yeah, you see, it. like you lose me on that, like on that stuff. Yeah. Like he, 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 Elon is not like everything or nothing. He's, he's somewhere in the middle and probably somewhere closer to everything than nothing, but still not perfect and worthy of uh, criticism.
1: All right, we have a lot about the non-competes. If my job is to design electric cars and if I leave, do they expect me to go unemployed? Or if I go back to college and learn something else, that's ridiculous. That's why non-competes aren't really enforceable in California and some other places, but they are in New York and and probably Texas. The blind following of Musk and how he can do no wrong by some people is a little scary to watch. I agree. Stoked to hear more about Scout Motors. Any updates from them? Scout Motors is the uh, Volkswagen... Uh, new subsidiary, um, and I think they're breaking ground on their factory. And scooter might be going out to that. I yeah, don't know
0: when that when that is, but that's coming soon. So soon, soon, list. yeah. So uh, like, you don't expect too much from um, Scout uh, until probably like twenty twenty six. I would expect like it's gonna take a while for things to get moving, but uh, I would expect like next year we're gonna see some cars uh, or trucks rather. Like it's mainly set up for pickup trucks and and, and, and SUVs. And, and uh then probably 2026 we start seeing some things on the road. But it's gonna it's gonna take a while. Like it's they're basically like launching a new company.
1: Even though right, it anything, existed before. Anything interesting at the DC auto show starting today? I don't think we heard anything.
0: No the Cybertruck, if you want to go see a Cybertruck in person, though now you can see like them at Tesla Stars and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah is there there's one too at the Montreal the no, Montreal Auto show is 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 there and now the Cybertruck is there
1: all right uh question does elon's current percentage include his stock options? I don't think they count until they are exercised
0: yeah is that that's it is that thirteen point something right now there's like eight percent i think extra with the exercise one but you gotta have I assume that he's gonna pay taxes on that so he's probably around like eighteen percent total
1: yeah sorry about the uh the effects of like I feel like I'm <laughs> disappearing like on back to the future but uh something's going on with the uh the thing here uh all right unfortunately let's see i think we're pretty much done with the good yeah. comments elon had all of martin eberhard's and tarpening's interviews deleted from youtube those interviews were really good I
0: don't know, can you prove that true.
1: elon is the one behind deleting those because i don't know if yeah they're they're two smart guys for sure uh i don't know if i would go that conspiracy theorist on it though. yeah
0: i doubt it um but I'm, now I'm curious of doing going and looking for those interviews because they they were uh, especially those presentations that they gave at schools, like lectures at schools. They were very interesting. Um, anyway, that's it for us this week, everyone. I appreciate every single one of you that's been listening to the show. Uh, if you do enjoy the show, you can give us a like, a subscribe, all those things help the podcast. They're free to do. They take a second. If you're listening on your podcast app right now and you want to give us a five star review, it takes a second to do. It's free. And uh, how's the show more than you think? Uh, so that's it for us. We're going to see you same time, same place next week. Have a good one.